welcome to On The Way. I'm Pastor Kevin, and I'm here with Pastor Jeff. And however and wherever you may be listening, we're so glad you're tuned in today. Whether you're listening on your favorite podcasting app or you're listening on the radio, you're on the way somewhere. You might be on the way to church today. You might be on the way to work. You might be on the way back from work. Wherever you're on the way, our goal, our hope for you is that you will be on the way to heaven. Well, Pastor Jeff, uh, we're releasing this on September the 12th. Yeah. And we all know that yesterday, September Mm. 11th, is a monumental day in really the world's history, but especially here in the United States of America. Yeah, yeah. It was the first, I think the first attack on American soil ever. Since Um, really since since the Revolution Wars and all those. Well, or uh, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, okay, Pearl Harbor, I think that's true, right? But when you think about uh, 20 years in some ways, it seems years. like 9-11 just happened yesterday. Yeah. In other ways, it yeah. seems like it's much longer than 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting to me. I was thinking about this very thing just the other day, and I was thinking, you know, my kids, they don't remember that. But you and I lived through that. Right. And do that, you remember where you were I on do. 9-11 when you first heard? <laughs> I do. I was at a, I was teaching in a, in a Christian school, and... Uh, I was teaching music, and we had just finished my little praise band, had just finished our worship time in the chapel service, and chapel service was still going on, and I had slipped out. Uh, it was a Tuesday, I believe, and uh, we uh, we walked uh, out and went into the computer lab to just kind of, which was right next door, and we kind of just wait out uh, the service and come back in for our closing song, and... Uh, they had the TV on, and I remember seeing uh, it was right after the first tower had been hit, and there was this, mm. I mean, these two monumental towers that were seemed uh, indestructible mm. were now standing just wounded and vulnerable, and it was very hard to watch. I thought it was, I thought it was fake at first. Yeah, I think at first when that happened, we thought maybe it was just an accident, a terrible accident, and then yeah. we soon realized that wasn't the case. Um, yeah, when that second plane hit the tower, it was unbelievable. Yeah, and so 20 years, and mm. here we are 20 years later, and I believe that people are still looking for what they were looking for 20 years ago, and that is hope. Yeah, people are looking yeah. for hope today. Maybe... Maybe even, Pastor Jeff, more than I can even remember in my lifetime. People seem so Mm. hopeless today. Even after 9-11 and Mm. the terrible feelings we had, there was this sense that we're going to get through this. There was this sense that we're going to rally together and we're going to come together as a nation. And and we saw that. I mean, we saw images of all our congressmen and women standing on the steps of the Capitol singing God bless America. What a a great, what a great sense of unity that we felt there, you know? And, and as you think back on that attack, there was, I'm just going to say that there was 2,900, there was almost 3,000 people killed in that particular attack. And, and some of the research that we've done, there was over 6,000 others that were injured in that attack. Seven, 9,000, 8,000 people hurt by that instance, but we still felt there was, there was a sense of, 
of unity and hope that came, especially as they're digging away the World Trade Center uh, rubble and that that beam, that cross, yeah, kind of appeared, yeah, as they were moving the rubble. That was just that was powerful. That sense of hope was powerful. But today, here we are, twenty years later, and I just sense that people feel so hopeless today. Mm. There, there's so much anxiety. Uh, mental health issues are skyrocketing. Yeah, uh, yeah, people feel like they have no control right. from frustration about what's happening in the world. And uh, as of us recording this, there is the chaos that is taking place in Afghanistan and oh, the yeah. desperation that we see as people are trying to flee that mm. nation. Uh, and then there's this overarching fear of here we go again with rising COVID-19 cases to right. yeah. uh, a Delta variant to people are just trying to make sense of it all. Mm. And, and they seem to be searching for anything and everything that will give them hope. Yeah. And, and they're searching in a lot of the wrong places. Mm. And I think this is an opportunity for Christians across the nation, across the world to stand up and say, we know where hope can be found. <laughs> you, you can't, you have to find hope somewhere. And I think what it really gets down to is you have to pursue hope. Yeah. It, it won't just happen. It it's not going to just... magically appear. It's there, but you have to pursue it. You got to look look for it. It takes some personal effort on your part. Yeah, you almost got to have a plan. You know, we right. have a plan for everything. It seems like in our life, well, you know, we have a uh, we have plans, we have hopes, we have dreams for our children. Mm. People have a plan for their career. Right, uh, you right. know, they they plan one day maybe to get married, or they plan one day to uh, own a home, or, or you know, they, they have plans. But it, it just seems like many people don't have a plan for hope right right and hebrews 6 kind of kind of lays that out for us it says take hold of the hope offered notice the uh, one thing you were preaching about this a couple of sundays ago and uh when you mentioned that i, I underlined the word take mm. because it it starts with an implied you yeah it's an imperative it's something that you have to do you take hold of this hope that's offered and it's and be greatly encouraged. The hope is offered. It's there for you, but you have to take hold of it. And, and you know, we see so much. We hear so many people talking a day about you know there was no plan. There was no mm -hmm. plan for our exit uh, in Afghanistan. There was right. no plan for uh, what would happen if another variant of the virus reappears or whatever. Right, and right. you know, re really, our people say, well, there was a plan. It was a botched plan. But w what's worse mm. than a botched plan is no plan. And so many people have so many plans, <laughs> but they don't have a plan for hope. Yeah, As that yeah. verse says, to take hold of the hope offered and be greatly encouraged. That's yeah. what people just are desperate for today. Right. They're desperate for encouragement. And it goes on to tell us that there is hope. There's a source of hope. We have this hope, the hope that we're looking for, as an anchor for the soul. And the best part is it's firm and it's secure. It's not going anywhere. It's not going to fade away. It's not shifting. It's not changing. It's always the same. It's constant. And if we put forth the effort to pursue that hope and we take hold of that hope, we can be greatly encouraged. 
we can anchor our souls. All of the things that we're looking for can be found in that anchor, in that hope. I, exactly. I, I remember, you know, when we think of an anchor, the anchor has to be big enough to hold whatever it is we hope to hold. For mm-hmm. instance, the other day, Pastor Jeff, Terry and I, we were out, my wife, Terry and I, we were out the other day in a boat and we yeah. wanted to anchor our boat. And it was a very windy day. We were borrowing uh, somebody's boat and we put the anchor that they had down mm-hmm. and uh, we were going to get out and, and swim a little bit. And all of a sudden, I noticed the boat started moving. <laughs> and the reason why, because the anchor wasn't big enough to hold the boat. Mm. And often people say, it really comes down to how big is your God? Right, right. You know, so many people have a small, puny God. Right. Uh, right. So many people don't understand how big God is. And they don't have a firm and secure anchor. As a result, they're not encouraged. Yeah, and, and even to go along with that analogy real quick is uh, not only does your anchor have to be big enough to hold you, but it also has to be set in something that's mm. firm enough to hold you. Yeah, and so after the break, when we come back, we want to kind of really just talk about and give some suggestions. How can I do this? How mm. can I make a plan for hope? Since hope won't just happen, how do I pursue hope? Mm. We'll be right back after this short break. Kids Club is back at Fincastle Baptist Church Highlands Campus. This year, join us for The Quest as we go in search of the keys to the kingdom. Kids Club is a fun time for your child to play games, create awesome crafts, interact with other kids their age, and learn biblical lessons. Each Wednesday at 6.15 p.m., we will start the next adventure on The Quest. And we hope your child will join us to find the keys to the kingdom. Now, let's get back to On the Way with Pastor Kevin and Pastor Jeff. Well, welcome back to On The Way. I am Pastor Jeff, and I'm here with Pastor Kevin, and today we are talking about hope uh, the day after the 20th anniversary of 9-11, a tragedy that happened in the life of America where 6,000, 9,000 people were injured or killed because of an attack on our soil. And, And we mentioned that after that, instance there seemed to be this unity in our country and there seemed to be this kind of underlying hope that we all had and today though seems like that hope has kind of disappeared and we we mentioned in our first segment pastor kevin that we have to pursue hope yeah it doesn't just happen right it it won't just magically appear you you've got to have a plan for hope you've got to it's active. You have mm-hmm. to, uh, you use the word that it's an imperative. There's it, some it personal responsibility yeah. for us seeking after that hope. It, and Hebrews 6 says to take hold, to grab hold, and you have to do that. The hope isn't going to grab a hold of you. You've got to grab a hold of it. Yeah. <laughs> and we talked about an anchor and all of that. But Pastor Kevin, let's talk about uh, pursuing hope. How do we do that? And, and I think uh, one of the first ways, as I think about it, is, is we've got to remember. Uh, we've got to remember God's math. Now, I'm not a math person. I, when I went to college, uh, when I took the test to be placed into math, they kind of laughed. <laughs> <laughs> they said, do we have a remedial math before the remedial math that this guy can take? Because I was just not very good at it. I was a music guy, and you would think a music person would, would you know, math would be good, but we really only count to four, hmm. and then that's about it. You know, we start over. Uh, so math was never really a strong suit for me, but I know for you, 
Uh, 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 unbelievably, not not that I doubt your ability. I just can't imagine a person wanting to do this. Uh, you you wanted to be a, a math guy. Yeah, my goal in life was to be a high school math teacher and mm. uh, a high school football coach before God called me into ministry. And I maybe the reason <laughs> why I like math was because if I did not get the problem right someone could show me exactly where I had messed up. Yeah. As opposed to English, when the teacher (laughs) would say, well, you didn't use enough adverbs or you were... It's kind of subjective. It was so subjective to me. It's just, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I can see that if two plus two should equal four, but I put three, okay, I can can figure this out. And so maybe that's why I like math. So you liked the concreteness of math, the rigidity of it. And and personally, I like the fluidity of English. So that's why maybe we are a good team on this podcast. Maybe so, maybe so. But did you know, you mentioned God's math. Yeah. Let me give you yeah. some God's math, right. Pastor Jeff. I give don't know if you me. knew God had some math. but I did. <laughs> you know, Ecclesiastes puts it this way. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, basically that if you have everything, everything minus God equals nothing. Mm. That, that mm. Everything. Because, I mean, Solomon had everything you could ever won't yeah he, he yeah. was all i mean history is full isn't it of movie stars and athletes and entertainers who have everything mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. could want or desire but they actually have nothing because right. they don't have god right and we see that and we see that in hollywood with people that they're looking to fill that that spot in their life that's yes. really reserved for God. Yes. They're looking to fill that with everything. You know, they've got the money, they've got the cars, they've got the yachts, they've got the beautiful wife or husband and they're divorcing at incredible rates yeah. and they just they kind of just swapping around <laughs> in in the circle there, you know, I'm going to marry this person now, I'm going to mm-hmm. marry that person later and this person next and and it's because they're looking for that hope, and they're pursuing that math problem, and it's everything minus God equals nothing. Yeah, I mean, Solomon basically would say that, because he had it all. Yeah. Remember, I mean, yeah. he he had pleasure, he had projects, possessions, mm. power. Yeah. I mean, he had it all, and he said in Ecclesiastes that it was all meaningless, Mm -hmm. that life, what he said without God, he called it under the sun, life under the sun, life without God is meaningless. So everything minus God is nothing. But let me give you a second math problem. Yeah, there's always always an inverse, right? Yeah. 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 The other part of God's math I knew that math math term, the inverse. inverse Yeah, you know, I I do know a few things. (laughs) Well, here's the inverse. Okay, give it to me. Nothing plus God equals everything. Mm. You can have nothing, but if you have God in your life, you really have everything. And I think of this every time. I travel on an international mission trip. As you yeah, know, yeah, you've been yeah. to Guatemala and some of our adopted villages. Right. And as I say all the time, that if we had in our backyard what they live in, 
we would tear it down yeah, because yeah. we would be ashamed of what our neighbors would think about us. The homeowners us. association would be coming yeah. after you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, absolutely. And, and they live in that. And they live in that. And they're happy. They have nothing. Right. But yet they have a relationship with God. Yeah. And so actually they have everything. They actually have everything. And, wow. you know, I'm convinced. Uh, I said the other day that. 99% of the conflict comes about because we believe people and circumstances are to make us happy. Mm-hmm. And so when we're not happy or we don't have hope, who do we blame? We right. look outside instead of inside. We yeah. look at other people and circumstances. You know, if I'd be happier if my spouse would. I'd be happier if I had a bigger house. I'd be happier mm-hmm. if I had a better job. Mm-hmm. I'd be happier if... And it all becomes upon what someone else is doing right. or not doing. And we see this in the story of Ecclesiastes with Solomon. He said, you know, if my wife would, so he goes out and gets 700 wives, Pastor Jeff. Wow. And wow. then he says, if I just had a bigger house. So he builds mansion after mansion and, and it doesn't bring satisfaction. Mm. So he says, if I just had a better job and he was the king. Yeah. And so it proves that possessions and power and projects never satisfy that Mm. God-shaped hole in my heart. Mm. That I've got to understand that God's math helps me pursue hope. I plan for hope. To, To live life without knowing how to find hope. Solomon said is meaningless. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was struck with something as you were talking about and, and listing the things that Solomon had. Solomon was searching for hope and meaning and and, and he was trying to attain all these things and and uh, one of the ways that he sought for that was in finding seven hundred wives. And I was thinking, does that make you and me smarter than Solomon? Because I mean <laughs> We found our hope and our, and our wife uh, first try. All right. Well, have you ever thought about this, Pastor Jeff? You know what 700 wives gives you, right? A lot of headache. Uh, 700 mother-in-laws. Oh, no. Oh, no. You went there. <laughs> Just think about that one for oh, a second. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. And and definitely Solomon would say sometimes the best part of family visiting is the taillights when they're leaving, right? <laughs> well, it's about time for our break, Pastor yeah, Jeff. Before yeah. we get in any more trouble, oh, uh, we, might, we might receive emails now i wonder if your mother-in-law is listening to this if she is she knows i'm only teasing she's awesome uh and we are thankful to god for her hey you can email us we would love to hear from you at otw at fincastlebaptist.org that's otw at fincastlebaptist.org and after the break pastor jeff we need to continue to talk about how do we plan hope we Mm. said we plan for hope when we remember god's math what is god's math pastor jeff give it to us again yeah everything minus god equals nothing and the inverse of that is nothing plus god equals everything the women's bible study at fincastle baptist church has just begun and there's still time to join this study focuses on the book salvaging my identity written by jennifer mills and this year's surrounded conference speaker rachel lovingood To register for the Bible study, just go to fincastlebaptist.org forward slash women. Now, let's get back to On the Way with Pastor Kevin and Pastor Jeff. 
Well, welcome back to On The Way. I'm Pastor Kevin. I'm here with Pastor Jeff. And we're talking about having a plan for hope Mm -hmm. here on this uh, day after 20th anniversary of 9-11. And we've been talking about how people are so hopeless today. Mm -hmm. That Pastor Jeff, they might even be more hopeless today than they were 20 years ago. And we said that we have to plan for hope. We have to pursue it. And we do that when we remember God's math and we plan for hope and we pursue hope, not only when we remember God's math, but God has given us his word. Yeah. We call it the Bible. Yeah. And we read the Bible to find hope. That's right. Yeah. And one of my favorite passages in scripture is Psalms chapter 73 and it it starts out in a hopeless way Mm. and I I love the way the way uh, Asaph who wrote this psalm he was a musician in the temple the leader of the musicians in the temple and he wrote this psalm and he says everything is just bad Mm. nothing is good and then he says and when I, I became embittered in my heart and I was wounded and it says I didn't understand until I went into the house of the Lord, mm. and then I understood. And and I think we can imply by from that that we will not really fully comprehend God's plan for hope that he has for us until we get into the Scripture and we understand and start reading God's Word because the Scriptures are here for our instruction. Yeah, the Bible says over and over again that when we read the stories in the Bible, those things happen as examples right? Uh, to keep us from making the same mistakes they did. Yeah. They happened as examples. They were they were 1 Corinthians 10 says they are warnings for us. Right. Or Romans 15 says they were written to teach us. Mm-hmm. I, I love Romans 15:4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance and encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Mm-hmm. We find hope, we pursue hope. We, through the scriptures, it brings us endurance. So, you know, if somebody says, man, I just need some endurance today. I'm tired. I'm worn out. Life is difficult. I think a question to ask is, well, are you reading God's word? Yeah. Because we find endurance (laughs) through the scriptures. Right. Well, I'm discouraged today. I'm down. I'm defeated. I'm I'm depressed. Well, are you reading God's word? Mm -hmm. Because we find encouragement from the scriptures and that yeah. brings us hope so I'm and gonna... over and over in scripture uh we're told that this these words of god the the inspired words of god are for our food basically mm. and in hebrews says that you know we, we can't eat the deep things of scripture the meat of scripture because we're still babies and a lot of us are just okay and I think it's time for the church and for Christians to stop being okay with this. We're just okay with, well, I'm saved, and I'm just going to sip on that milk cup for the rest of my life. Yeah. But God wants us to grow. As we've said before, God wants us to know him. He wants us to grow in him, and then he wants us to live for him. And that growth takes a while. And, and look, we, we understand that these are difficult days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that it's hard, and we know that many of you listeners are really going through it, and you might be tempted to give in to despair and discouragement, and that's why you've got to realize from where your help, your your hope comes. Mm, yeah, that hope comes from understanding God's math, 
And it comes from reading God's word. Because no matter what happens today, no matter what tomorrow brings, as believers, we can place our anchor firm and secure in Jesus, and that gives us hope. And practically speaking, as I read his love letter to me, Mm. it gives me hope. So, Pastor Kevin, uh, is there a particular scripture, a particular verse that you have that that sometimes will will you know i have i have one when i'm down and i'm sad and i'm feeling like i'm hopeless there is a verse or a passage of verse and it's in psalm 73 mm. that i go to that gives me encouragement that that becomes that anchor for me is there one that you have that I think there, there's multiple ones, and yeah. yeah, I have. You know, people talk about I have my life first, life first right? Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and uh, you know, I, I have a life first that I actually have uh, hanging in my office wall, uh, and it, and talks about how God has enabled me and He's called me and put me into the ministry. Mm. I love Proverbs chapter three, where I'm to trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean not to my own understanding, in all my ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct my path. And I just find reading the scripture, hanging on to that verse is great. But I tell you something that somebody taught me a long time ago is, do you know there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs? Yeah. And most months have 31 days. And so I try to read whatever the corresponding day is, that chapter. And I can tell you time and time again, in addition to my other devotional studies and things, I'm not saying this is the only thing you should do. (laughs) Right, right. But It's It's one of many. It's one of many, and it's a great way to start because God's Word is so practical and relevant for whatever we're facing. It's amazing how God will give me something new. Yes, we go back to that favorite verse and those favorite passages, but I need something new every day because every day has enough trouble on its own. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, for me, a lot of times what I've found is when I when I get down or when I'm feeling hopeless and, and, and I go to this particular passage, and it's Psalm 73, 25 through 28, it says, Who do I have in heaven but you? Mm. And I desire nothing on earth but you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For me... God's presence is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge so I can tell about all you do. And what that does for me is that changes what I'm looking at. It It changes my priorities. It refocuses me. And it helps me to understand that hope is not found in me. Mm. Hope is found in someone else. And it's in Scripture where we, we find that. And, and I think that's the third secret. That, yeah. That's the third practical way to pursue hope or plan for hope. Uh, I love how you said that. Not only do we remember God's math and read God's word, but we refocus our priorities. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about Solomon, yeah. the wisest man that ever lived. And at the end of his <laughs> yeah. writing in Ecclesiastes, he said, here's the conclusion of the matter. In other words, yeah. it all comes down to this. He says, fear God and keep his commandments. Mm. And when you, you know, I love what Micah said. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Yeah, and we need to we need to kind of define those terms a little bit because a lot of people, when they hear the word fear God, they think of their dad or their the a man in their life maybe who who was abusive 
Right. And, and our Heavenly Father is not an abusive God. Yeah, somebody said once that the fear of God is not that God will put his hand of punishment on me. Right. The fear of God is that God will take his hand of blessing off me. Yeah, that the fear is it's more of a a respect. Yeah, it's, it's a, not that I, God's going to sack reverence me. for yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. And then to keep his commandments. What does that mean? Yeah, I think obviously when we think about keep his commandments, we're, we're to do good works. Right. James says, you know, what does it profit? What does it profit? How does it help? Yeah. If you do, uh, you know, if you, if you just say faith, to somebody, you, you know, hey, I hope you feel better, but you don't yeah. do anything to help them practically. You don't right. pray for them. You don't practically assist them. Right. And so when we think about 9-11 and we think here we are 20 years later, People are looking for hope, and mm. you might be looking for hope today. Remember, it won't just happen. Yeah. You have to plan for it. You have to pursue it. Right. What's those three quick steps, Pastor Jeff, that we can pursue hope? <laughs> Practical ideas for our listeners. Just remember that we pursue hope or we plan for hope when we remember that God has a math problem. Everything minus God equals nothing, and nothing plus God equals everything. We also can't cut ourselves off from our source of nourishment, and that's reading God's Word. Mm. We plan for hope when we read God's Word, and then we pursue hope when we refocus our priorities in our life. Well, we hope this has been helpful. If so, we would love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at otw at fincastlebaptist.org. You've been listening to On the Way with Pastor Kevin and Pastor Jeff. Do you have a question for the pastors? Feel free to email them at otw at fincastlebaptist.org. To listen to more On the Way, just go to fincastlebaptist.org forward slash otw or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to us on 101.9 The River.